let me get to the word. Hallelujah. It's good to be back, to stand in front of you. We've had some great things happening with us over the past couple of months. Amen. And God is continuing to stay with us and to be with us. And we're expecting great and marvelous things. Amen. Amen. To those of you who may not know, I don't know how you don't, but to those of you who don't, may not know, we are in a period of transition, great period of transition, amen. Uh, your pastor, amen, effective December 31st, will step aside as senior pastor here, and Pastor Cyrus will re become our new senior pastor. Yeah, yes. Thank you. And so... And so we're expecting, how many of you are expecting great things? Amen, amen. I mean, there's still some great things that are going to happen in the next three months, and even greater things, even greater things. Amen, God promised. God promised. You know, he's, even greater things than these shall you do. Amen. God promised that. Come on and go to a passage of Scripture with me. I know that everybody's, trying to figure why we are using this passage of scripture this morning, but come on and go with me, please. And uh, reading from the sixth chapter of the book of Isaiah, beginning with verse 1, and I am reading from the New King James Version. Amen. It says, Beginning with verse 1, it says, In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above it stood two seraphim. Each one had six wings. Two, with two he covered his face, with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. And one cried to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the posts of the door were shaken by the voice of him who cried out, and the house was filled with smoke. So I said, Woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then one of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a live coal, which he had taken with the tongs from the altar. And he touched my mouth with it, with it and said, Behold, this has touched your lips. Your iniquity is taken away and your sin purged. Also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? Then I said, here am I, send me. Just for a little while, a leader's departure. Father, we bless you. We honor you. We thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your grace. We thank you for who you are in our midst. We thank you for all that you're doing. We thank you. Thank you, God, that you 
watch over us, you keep us, you said you'd never leave us nor forsake us, and God, you've been so true to your word, so we don't expect anything less from you. We do love you, we do honor you, and as always, Father, please, we ask that Thomas would decrease and Jesus would increase, for the people would see Jesus. We thank you and we bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. You may be seated. Amen. Before I do come with the word, I do want to again ask you to please come to support Donnell on Friday night. Come and be blessed. Amen. I had opportunity to just listen to some of his music and I'm always yelling at him because I want to see it here. I want to see him bring some more of his music here. He's a blessed and anointed young man. If you, when you listen to his music, when you go online and you can listen to it and it's on, what is that, Amazon? Or everything is on his website, please, please. There is a CD that he has out. I've had opportunity and have the pleasure of listening to it. He is a young man who is anointed by God and who God is taking to new places and new heights. And we want to be there for him. Amen. Amen. Anybody want to be there? So we ask you, we ask you to please go online, uh, purchase tickets to come out and see it. Amen. We will be here. He will be here. Come and be blessed of the Lord. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. Amen. One of this morning again, a leader's departure. This is a, when you read this passage of scripture, it was an, a, a, an amazing time in the history of Israel. King Uzziah, when you read, King Uzziah has been an amazing leader, and suddenly he's dead. He died. He was a, Uzziah was a godly man and a, a successful king, according to the word of God. This guy began reigning when he was 16 years of age, and he ruled for 52 years. The Bible tells us that he led Judah to victories over enemies who had dominated them for years. And he fortified the defenses of his nation, and, and he led God's people into a wonderful time of prosperity. Second Chronicles 26 and 4 summarizes his life in this way. It says, and he did what was right in the sight of the Lord. Now, Isaiah had grown up under the shadow of this powerful leader. And as a king, uh, Uzziah was a protector and a mentor for Isaiah. And he was his friend. And the death of Uzziah shook. Isaiah's life, and Isaiah had lost someone that he deeply loved and admired, but, but that wasn't all that had gone on. It was the way that Uzziah had died that was most disturbing to Isaiah. This was the piece that disturbed him so badly. The king had been a godly leader for many years, but in his last years, he messed up. 
He messed up, and he had, stopped, he had stepped outside of his role as a king, and you can read it in, 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 in the book of Isaiah, and God had pronounced a judgment against him that had caused his sudden death. And it caused a time of desperation, a time of turmoil in the, in the kingdom, and it was a time of personal grief and disappointment for the children of Israel, and, 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 and especially for Isaiah, because Isaiah had looked up to Uzziah. And, 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 and suddenly, Isaiah is wondering, what do I do now? This, this man who had stood before us for so long is suddenly gone. And, and what do you suddenly do when things that have gone one way for so long, for years, suddenly change? Isaiah tells us what to do. You look to God in prayer. You come to God, hallelujah, in prayer, and he'll pull back a curtain and let you see him. How many of you understand that it is when you see God, you begin to realize exactly who you are? When you see God, you suddenly realize just how insignificant and how wrong you are. And so the Bible says when Isaiah said, suddenly I saw God, this person got out of my way and suddenly I'm having to see God for myself. And the Bible says that the first thing that happened was when he saw the Lord of Lords and the Holy Host, suddenly he realized just how wrong and just how insignificant he was. But the great thing about God is when you see him and you realize who he is, God never condemns. God never condemns. Immediately upon hearing Isaiah say, I see the Lord of Lords. I don't see, I, I don't see Uzziah. I see the Lord of Lords. Immediately, God sent an angel to touch his lips and said, you're clean. I've forgiven you. And Isaiah, and then God says, who shall I send? And Isaiah was able to answer, here am I, send me. God has us in a position where he wants us to see him. Are you hearing me this morning? Are you hearing me this morning? Right now, we as a people have come to a point in our history as a church that's, familiar, that's similar to this biblical phase in history. Recently, somebody who's been here for a very long time, and been here probably as long as I have, asked me, I know that this is where God has us. And I believe that everything we are doing is right. But why do I have such a feeling of heaviness? 
Anybody? I can only answer them in this way. What we are really doing <laughs> is going and growing through steps of grieving. For 45 years, the names David and Pumphrey have been synonymous with ICOG leadership. Time is changing and it's difficult for all of us. For many of us, it's the end of an era. That's what we grew up under. But let me assure you <laughs> that just as God met Isaiah at the death of King Uzziah, he's going to meet us in this hour. Somebody give him praise. Please understand that I am in no way comparing myself to Uzziah. And I want, but I do want you to know that during our period of leadership transition, our highest priority as a congregation is to see the Lord as Isaiah did. Somebody say hallelujah. So as your pastor, and, and, and for many of you, I've been a father, uh, so many a grandfather, and really, I'm, I'm really like a fixture here at ICOG, amen. I, I, I'm like a, that old chair that you have in your house. You buy new furniture, but you don't want to get rid of the old one because it's just easy to lay back in. And that's what I've been. And that's nothing of myself. That's all been because of the glory of God. To God be the glory. But there are some things that happen and that occur upon a leader leaving or when there's a change in leadership. And I want to encourage you this morning and for over the next month, few months because I want to make sure that we are set in a place that when our new pastor comes in, we are ready to go where God is taking us. Are you hearing me? So there are some things that I want you to understand that are going to go on and are going to happen and that there are some things that happen when your leader departs. The first thing is, is that when a leader leaves, it, it, it demonstrates a paradox. A, a, a paradox is something that uh, it looks like it fits together, but it doesn't make any sense. And so the thing that I want you to understand that there, uh, it demonstrates the paradox of the parting and the peace. Parting, <laughs> bringing peace. But I want you to know that the parting of a pastor and his people induces sadness. There's a sadness that the pastor goes through. There's a sadness that the people will have to go through. There's a sadness on both of our parts, and that's normal. In, in, in Acts 36 and 38, as Paul was leaving to go on another mission, the Bible says that the people all wept freely, and they fell on Paul's neck, and they kissed him, sorrowing as they accompanied him to the ship. So there's sorrow for both of us. But at the same time, 
there's a peace of knowing that God is in control and is leading the pastor and the people. Are you hearing me this morning? Again, let's take a look at Paul. When Paul was getting ready to move and to leave, the Bible says that a man named Agabus came down from another city, bound Paul up hand and foot, and said over Paul, if you leave, these are the things that are going to happen to us. These are the things that are going to happen to you. So he began to talk about all the negative things that were going to happen. And Paul gets free and says to him, God's will be done. God is the author and the finisher of everything that we are doing. So no matter who's there, God is there. Paul said, I can't stay if God has said it's time to leave. So even in the sadness of the parting, there's a peace in knowing that God is still in control. Tell your neighbor, God's still in control. When a leader leaves, it's a reminder of the fact that God is sovereign, amen, and it's necessary for us as humans to submit. Are you hearing me? God's sovereignty tells us that he is in charge of his church. That's why Job said in 121, the Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Isaiah 45 and 10 says, well, shall the clay say to him who forms it, what are you making? In other words, we, if God speaks a thing, our only duty is to obey and to walk in submission, knowing that God is sovereign. Number three, a leader's leaving is a reminder that the work of God is much larger than any man of God. Hear me. The work of God is going to continue here at ICOG in spite of the absence of any single man of God. Are you hearing me? In Joshua 1, after Moses died, God spoke to Joshua and told him to get up and take all the people of Israel to the land that God was giving them. Moses had been told that he would enter into the land. This was as far as he could go. When you read the word, all Moses did when God said, this is as far as you go, is to go to Joshua and say, God said, this is where I stop and you begin. Are you hearing me this morning? God is still in control. God's work is much larger than any man of God. After Moses left, God pulled Joshua and he said to them, every place that the sole of your feet touch shall be given to you. 
As I was with Moses, so I'll be with you. Only be strong and courageous. Listen, I'm here to tell you this morning and to remind you that God has spoken some things over us as a church, has spoken some things over ICOG, and Pastor Davis is leaving, and my leaving will not stop the work that God has prepared and planned for this place. All God is saying to us as a church is, be strong and courageous wherever you walk. I'm going to give you the land. Can I tell you, there's some places that God has for ICOG to walk that we have not walked yet. There are some great things. And, and that the work of God in this place is much larger than any man of God. And that leads me right into my next point. Your leaders leaving necessitates your staying. Are you hearing me? Your leaders leaving means it's necessary for you to stay. Are you hearing me this morning? Sometimes there's a temptation to leave a church because a particular pastor has left. And God's will for you would be to stay and see the work continue. Are you hearing me? There's a work for ICOG. It ain't going to stop because one man moves God moves one man out of the way. The work that God has for ICOG is still here, and you need to stay to see it get finished. John 4 and 35 says it like this. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes and look to the fields, for they are already ripe for harvest. God said there's some fields that are ripe for ICOG to come, and you made a commitment to ICOG, so the expectation from God is that you stay and do the work. Are you hearing me this morning? There's a field that God has planned for ICOG to harvest. And the Bible says that they are white and ready. And we need everyone involved in the harvest. Tell your neighbor, stay. Don't leave. You're supposed, you're where you're supposed to be. Our covenant, our members' covenant tells us to share the responsibility. Pray for the growth. Invite the unchurched. My leaving means that you stay. Your leaders leaving increases the danger of division. Hear me this morning. I know that there are little pockets here, little pockets there. <coughs> Excuse me, speaking this and speaking that, but let me tell you something. It is increasing the danger of division in this body. Everyone 
of us as leaders, every one of you as a member has to take extra care and prayer to maintain the unity and harmony during this time of transition. Satan's desire is to destroy the flock. God's desire is to edify it. Let me share with you, don't you think that the enemy doesn't know what God has planned for ICOG. And his purpose is to thwart, to stop it, to defray it, to delay it in any way that he can. And if ever there was a time for division, this is it. This is it. And I'm telling you that every time there's a change in leadership in the Bible, Satan entered into the hearts of men to try to cause division. Paul said in Acts 20, listen, for I know this, after I leave, savage wolves will arise. That's from the word of God, that when there's a leaving, there are wolves that are waiting to sit around waiting to sit around to try to distract you, to defray you. And let me tell you something. If he defrays you and distracts you, the children that you've been praying for are left, are left unattended. The people who need to know Jesus can't see Jesus because we are blocking him. Understand, understand that Satan's desire is to divide us. That's why Hebrews says this. I like this. It says, obey those who rule over you and be submissive, for they watch out for your souls as those who must give an account. The man of God got to give an account for your soul. And so he tells it to obey them. They said, and then here's what he says. Let them do so with joy and not, not with grief, for that wouldn't be profitable for you. If you're creating a whole lot of division, amen, and the man of God is trying to teach and do, it's not profitable for you if he can't do it. You may think, well, I'm just not going to follow. But you're not following him. You're following God. Men, and I'm speaking to you men right now, share the responsibility. Pray for our growth. Now, I've been hearing that it's hard for the men to get out on prayer meeting night. Many of them are just getting off from work, and some of them, and, and I, I hear that. But there's a prayer line. There are prayer lines that have been opened up. Men, join the prayer lines. Say you can't make prayer meeting? Pick up the phone when they're praying. Enjoy the prayer line. Pray for Pastor Cyrus. Pray for this fellowship. Are you hearing me? Number six, your leaders leaving means 
that a new leader is coming. I say, OG, you can trust God that your new pastor is the right leader at the right time. Hear me. God's timing is never wrong. That's why it says, look, listen, it says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. And then for us, he says, for when you were still without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. Are you hearing me this morning? Right leader, right time, right place. In number seven, and I'm quitting with this one, a leader's leaving is an opportunity for spiritual growth. We gotta view this time of transition as golden moments for our growth as a people. When you hear all the things that are being said, things that are being projected, you've got to catch hold and rejoice. When the man of God says, this is where God is leading us, this is where God is taking us, whether you understand it, whether or not, trust the God in the man that he placed in this place in this hour. God will be with him. God will deal with him. If he's wrong, God will deal with him. Ain't for you to deal with him. God will deal with you. This is a great opportunity for you to grow spiritually. This is a great opportunity for you to discover your gifts and your talents. This is a great opportunity to get yourself equipped to serve. That's what it says. That's what it says in our membership covenant. Those are the things that we're covenanting to do. When you're around negative speaking, when you're speaking negative and when you're hearing, remember, you have the power to speak life or death. Are you hearing me? It's your tongue. Speak life. Spiritual growth. Be quick and able to rebuke those who are speaking division. Don't sit there listening to it. Don't take part in it. Rebuke it. You've got to remember in this hour as we move forward that we are not fighting against flesh and blood. You can generally say to someone, you're speaking division. I don't think you mean to do that. That is the greatest opportunity for us as a church to grow spiritually as a fellowship. And we did a teaching on fellowship this summer. And fellowship means that we have Jesus Christ in common. And we share all things together. 
And when God blesses one of us, he blesses all of us. And when there is something negative that happens, it doesn't just happen to you, it happens to all of us. It's a time of spiritual growth here at ICOG. Develop, develop a servant's heart. Don't look to try to be in leadership all the time. Develop a servant's heart. Just be here to serve. I'm closing. Remember that we are Romans. Eight and 28 people. And we know, and we know. Tell your neighbor, I know, we know that all things work together for good to those who do what? Love God. To those who are called according to what? His purpose. ICOG, we are called to his purpose. God says this to you. Behold, I have refined you but not as silver. I have tested you in the furnace of affliction. After King Uzziah died, Isaiah was able to see God for himself. He didn't like what he saw, but he was smart enough. He was smart enough to repent, to call out to God and say exactly where he was, and immediately God answered him. Amen. We as a church, you as a people, the minute we call out to God, he'll allow us to see him and he'll tell us where to go. And then he'll ask who will go. And every one of us can shout. And every one of us can shout, thank you. Thank you. That's my message to you this morning. There's a place that God is taking us. God is still in control. God is sovereign. Right man. Right time. Pray, watch out for division, and be submissive when God speaks. Come on, stand to your feet. I know, I know. I can't stand here and tell you that this has been an easy time for me. Me and God wrestled for quite some time. But I know that God's in control. God is in control. And so this morning, I want you to be open. If you're struggling, if you're struggling in this, if you're struggling in this, come on to the altar. Let's just pray. If you're struggling, you've got to be honest. We've got to be honest. This is a struggle. 
you. Hallelujah. 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 I'm so glad to see these three come honestly. So that means that no matter where I run into you, if I walk up on you and you don't know I'm there, and the conversation is going, the rest of you are going to be speaking edification of the body. Father, we thank you. We thank you for those who have come. For God, these are those that you want to use and will use mightily in this fellowship and in this body. We thank you for the honesty. God, we thank you for where we are in this time and in this place. God, I am excited about what you're going to do. I'm excited about the things that they're going to see, the things that you're going to show them in this hour and in this time. God, I thank you. I thank you. Thank you for using, for using them mightily, for using them mightily in this hour. And God, it's our determination to see this place explode. Explode, God. Explode, God. Explode, God. Thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for the men of God that you've raised up in this place, God. The women of God that you've raised up in this place, God. The children that you're going to continue to raise up in this place. We thank you and we bless you. In Jesus' name, let everyone say, come on, give God praise. Give God praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Is there someone here this morning that does not know Jesus? You've never confessed him as your Savior and your Lord, but you want to do so. Is there someone? Is there someone that's looking for a church home? Someone that's looking for a church home, you're looking for a place. Greatest church in the world. Greatest church. There's someone that's looking for a church. Praise God. Amen. Well, amen. We've done what God has commanded us to do. Somebody give God praise. Somebody give God praise. Tell your neighbor, I'm expecting great things. Hallelujah. And we have a young man to baptize. Yeah. Hallelujah. Brother Aaron. Somebody say Aaron. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Deacons, please. Hallelujah.
We'll um, prepare for baptism. Scripture and prayer, please. If you please stand if you're able for scripture. Scripture will be coming from Matthew 28, starting at verse 16. I'll be reading from the New International Version. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee to a mountain which Jesus had directed, made appointment with them. And when he saw, and when they saw him, they fell down and worshiped him, but some doubted. Jesus approached and breaking the silence said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go then forth, go then and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them into the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything that I have commanded you, and behold, I am with you all the days, even until the end of this age. Amen. We are uh, prayer, baptism prayer. Lord Father God, we uh, come today, Lord Father God, in prayer with the little child Aaron right now in the name of Jesus, Lord Father God. You said that all ch children should come to you, Lord Father God. Lord Father God, you said that children are a gift to you, from you, Lord Father God, and a reward to us, Lord Father God. You said that children are an inheritance to us, Lord Father God. So we thank you for the children, Lord Father God. Lord Father God, when little Aaron go down in the water, Lord Father God, may you trouble the water, touch him, Lord Father God, and, and bring him up anew, Lord Father God, for in this life he will need you for direction and guidance, Lord Father God. Lord Father God, he will need you to stand on his word when everybody, all the other little children are doing the wrong things, Lord Father God. Lord Father God, we thank you right now for this time. We know that baptism is a symbolization for your death, burial, and resurrection, Lord Father God. So Lord Father God, touch each and every one of us, Lord Father God, that we may purify ourselves. Look at ourselves right now, Lord Father God, and say, am I doing all I can to represent you, Jesus Christ? So, Lord Father God, we thank you for this day, Lord Father. We will honor you and give you all the praise. Amen. Amen. decided to follow Jesus. You said that no one forced you, but the Holy Spirit encouraged you. Father, I baptize him in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.
hallelujah. Come on, let's stand and cheer him on. Yeah. Cheer him on. Cheer him on. Hallelujah. God bless you. If there are, is anybody else this morning that needs to be baptized, we're here. We're here. There's someone else. Amen. 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 I'm going to, as we dismiss, I'm going to ask a special favor of you. Pastor Davis is working his way through some things and his age. So I want you to pray today for the rest of the day. Every time you think about him, lift him up. Lift him up. He came in this morning and uh, he was barely coming through, but he said, I'd rather be here in the house of God than to be at home. So please continue to lift him up. Amen. Lift him up. When I get 97, I want you to lift me up too. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for this time. Thank you for this place. God, we're so grateful to know that we are not a people without a God to lead us. And that, Father, just as you've been with us from day one, you continue to lead us. You continue to walk before us. And, God, we continue to keep our eyes on you. We continue to follow you. For, Father, we still stand believing that there are great things that you've promised. And we have not seen. We have not seen all that you've prepared for us, and we want to make sure that we see. We bless you in this hour. Thank you for all those that push their way out, God. Father, allow them this week to be a witness for you. Allow them to tell somebody about Jesus Christ. For Father, people are struggling. Young people are killing themselves, God. And if ever there was a time that people need Jesus, it's now. Despite all of the other circumstances, all of the other things that are going around, God, help us to lift up Jesus. We thank you. We bless you in this house. In Jesus' name, let the redeemed of the Lord say, amen. God bless you.